Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I live by routines, especially my same-day delivery routine with Shipt. Because when Sunday rolls around, I'm not scared. I got my shopper on the way with all my favorites. Shipt. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at Shipt.com. Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one ginger. The ginger's back. He's Hello. back in action. Jared's here. And his hair uh, is looking better than ever. Thank you so much. I just washed it with uh, <laughs> the mystery purple goop that's in our shower. It is uh, from Unite. Uh, Unite Purple Shampoo is truly a game changer. It makes Jared's hair look so fluffy and bright. Luminous. And voluminous. And it really uh, just like... This is not an ad, but it really just creates the curls. Well, you know, I'm doing everything I possibly can while I still have it. You're doing yeah. great, Jer. Thanks. Jared, Jared, how was your hiatus? Did you miss us? Oh, man, it was so fun to listen to Matt and just <laughs> hear his accent ringing through my ears every week. Such a beautiful voice. I love Matt so much. He's a smooth and, talker. And I feel kind of intimidated to be back now because, you know, everybody loves that twang. Everyone loves Jerry. You're the people's boyfriend. Well, you know. He's the people's we can, boyfriend. We can all do this, you know. What a blast. Um, my parents were listening to our episode with Matt yesterday, and they're like, I didn't even recognize him, because he definitely has a podcast voice. Like He really he turns does. It, he turns it on. Like, he's not as twangy when we're just, like, chatting, but, like, he, he turns on his, like, it's so good. And I was like, dude, you should do some voiceover work. Like, make that money. I know. You know? For real. Voiceover work is where it's at. You can do it in your. Sw- I guess it's kind of like podcasting. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> like, literally, what we're doing right now. I'm sitting in bed while we're doing this podcast, so Jared and I don't echo into each other's mics. I am drinking a mimosa, and no one oh would know, God. but I I outed myself. Oh, I'm jealous. That's. I just so finished nice. my pumpkin cold brew. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm drinking a water just to uh, round it out. Y'all are boring. basic. I'm boring. boring. Yeah, you know, we're, we are recording this on a Friday, and I think it's at 12.44 p.m., and I think it's about time to maybe, like, crank we've been living our lives. We've been living our lives on, like, super basic mode since we both got back, too. We're just, like, taking it easy right now. Yeah, you gotta. Life's uh, hard. We've had, we've had a busy couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, we have a little bit of housekeeping. Number one, I want everybody out there, if you're listening right now and you're like i fucking love the first degree i can't get enough i wish there was more you know what there is more you can join our patreon we have four new episodes a month that's an extra episode a week that you can have us talking into your earballs if that's your thing then it's right there for the taking and now there would be dozens of episodes to binge so Mm -hmm. if you're out of content 
get it a couple months and cancel. You won't because you'll love it. But <laughs> if you need to binge, <laughs> whatever, I'm just being realistic. You got to get your money's worth. Like if you're a bingey person, you know, come, come get your fill. I know we do have, I mean, I think the Patreon has been going on for a good five months. So there's a oh, lot it's of episodes. Full of stuff. Yeah. It's Hella episodes. every week we're throwing new stuff in there. We and are we're going to be providing video on Patreon soon. Yeah. Maybe we'll put this up on our Patreon. Maybe. Or do or are you not into that? Are we're we just going to see gross? if we're recording video. Are we re- if we're recording video? <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't look my best. I know, I don't either. It's okay. Um, but Jared I'm, does. I'm fine with it. Jared looks like a model. Like this is not. Oh wow! Chill. Holy shit! I have shit. really harsh like noon light like on <laughs> one side of my face. Well, I got my eyebrows microbladed touch up yesterday, and then I also got my hair dyed. And there's a big contrast of the darkness of my eyebrows to the lightness of my hair. And I feel like Groucho Marx right now. So I'm not at my best. <laughs> I'm honestly loving it. Really? Yeah. You look very Kardashian, but Thank like you. not their coloring, but like their boldness. Thanks. <laughs> I came home and Jared's like, you look weird. <laughs> oh, I did not say it like that. <laughs> yes, you did. I yeah. kind of did. Yeah. I so. look you look different. I'm like, it's like when uh, like a dog's different. owner puts a hat <laughs> on and then the dog starts barking at them. Yeah. That's kind of what I was doing. I'm hoping everything kind of evens itself out. Uh, they always do. Our our eyebrows and hair just goes into shock when we, when we shock yes. it with chemicals. So it just needs to process what's happened to it. Every time I get my hair dyed, I'm like, no, I yeah. did a mistake. And then like a couple days later, I'm like, oh, it looks great. There was an old just Clueless episode about this. Like in was the there? Clueless, there was an anecdote. Remember she cut her hair short? She's like, my hair oh, was yeah. just in shock. And then she's yeah. like dancing no, at true. the end and it looked good because it was like out of shock. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Especially when you dye it. I'm like, what is this garbage? And then in, in a few days, you know, I'm going to be back ready to roll. I think, I think you perfect. look great already. Thanks. Uh, okay. So should we, do we have any other housekeeping or should I go into the day? We have um, holiday merch coming. We have holiday merch coming. Um, I have sent that in to be made. It will be ready for you guys to purchase soon. And it's fucking good. Good stuff. I mean, if anything, I can make some merch, you know? That's right. All right. Well, let's go into the day, shall we? Let's do it. We shall. Okay. So today is October 20th. We are like smack dab into the spooky season, which I love. Um, It's the best time ever. And on October 20th of 1967, a Bigfoot is filmed at Bluff Creek by this man named Roger Patterson and Robert Gimlin. And this was in Northern California. So this is like the iconic Bigfoot sighting that if you've seen a video of a so-called Bigfoot, like this is the video that you've seen. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Of course. Yes. The blurry Bigfoot where he's got like one arm out here. He's kind of like, you know, he's like walking and then he kind of turns and he looks kind of like looks back. I feel yes. like this is Jared's bag. Like he would I'm have saying, looked into this kind of in depth. Like me, I'm like Bigfoot, Littlefoot, like not interested. I love, um, I love a uh, mystery creature. Sure. Yes. So. Oh, well, we are going to be diving into some mystery creatures later, but I'll give you the little backstory on this Bigfoot sighting. So these two men, they were riding on horseback on the east bank of Bluff Creek in Northern California, and it was sometime 
between 115 and 140, they spotted this figure behind an overturned tree. And they said it was either crouching beside the creek to their left or standing there on the opposite bank. So they see this Bigfoot. They're riding their horses. And then the one guy's like, get your camera and cover me. Because like they, the one guy had a gun and just make sure it wasn't like a predator. He had a gun. Gun. And the one guy started filming it. So one of the guys said it was between six feet six and seven feet six. But then the other guy said it was between was only six feet tall. So the idea of how big this creature was was really all over the place between even these two men. So that's fascinating. That's interesting in itself. Although we do know eyewitness testimony is not very reliable. I mean, not reliable at all. At all. So it's like any account of any mythical or true being is suspect. Yeah, you can't trust anybody. I have fabricated entire (laughs) visions, like interactions, where I've been like, hey, this happened. So much so that I saw a true thing happen and Jack didn't believe me until I got confirmation (laughs) elsewhere. A very, like, important interaction I witnessed and I thought I made it up for, like, two years. But it turned out to be real. No, this is true. You start gaslighting yourself, frankly. Well, it's, that's called a false memory. We did talk about this. I can't remember which killing time it was that we were talking about false memories. It was but when you were doing the Mandala effect. Yes. 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 I have many false memories from my childhood that I don't re- understand why they were made up. So these two guys saw this figure. They kind of botched the height between the two of them. They said it was a large, hairy, ape-like figure with short, silvery brown or dark reddish brown or black hair, which is also all over the place. Mm. Hair covering most of its body, including its prominent breasts. Now, this is a whole thing with this Bigfoot sighting is the Bigfoot had boobs, like big boobs. I did boobs. not know this. Yes. And the boobs mm. were completely covered with hair. And I think even with how like, do you, if they're covered with hair, how do you know it's not just hair? It, it, how do you know there's boobs under the hair if the bush is so very pronounced? Well, the apparent the, boo, uh, the bush the, on the, the chest. You would conceal <laughs> said glands. I mean, these. <laughs> I don't think it's turning pink. <laughs> is he or is that just his coloring? No, it's he's turning. Uh, so I'm just that color all the time. <laughs> Um, no, well, these men, who knows, might be a fetish of theirs. I don't know. Um, so they, uh, they said it's, their boobs are covered in hair. So then the guy starts filming and this footage is really grainy. It runs for 59.5 seconds. And to all these Bigfoot believers, it's the most significant short film ever made because it actually depicts Bigfoot. And it's kind of interesting because to this day, it's had like so much pushback, but nobody has really been able to truly debunk it. So like to these people that are massive believers, they're like, yeah, this is this is proof that Bigfoot does exist. Which there's, is- a sa- there's a Sasquatch out there. There's got to be. Bigfoot's probably a lady. I mean, a... a According to these men, it is. And this is what I thought was really funny is these guys weren't just like out there for a walk. They weren't out there just riding their horses. They were out on this trip that day searching for Bigfoot. They were Bigfoot hunting. They were Bigfoot hunting. And just coincidentally, they happen to come across Bigfoot mere moments after mm, they started their that's trek. a little too um <laughs> i don't believe in coincidences that aligned mm. frankly just just a little a little too too on the nose 
So obviously there is a bunch of people that have like pushed back on it, done like studies, whatever. But these two things that I found interesting is there was this man named Philip Morris. And in 2002, he claimed that he sold this ape man costume to the men used to make the film. Now the men denied this, but this guy came out and he was like, I sold them the costume. And then another guy said that he was hired by the two men to wear the costume. And he actually showed the suit to a few friends at this bar before they came to retrieve at the bar that they went to after this whole sighting. So these two guys are trying to like really throw these men under the bus. I believe the guy, I believe the costume seller. Okay. (laughs) It just seems like an odd lie, frankly. There was this, uh, a costume designer that did he did this whole article basically saying that there was not the technology back in 1967 to create that lifelike of a costume. So who are you going to believe? You know, it's all subjective if you believe this is true or not. But I want to believe in the f- <laughs> I want to believe in the foot. In the the big foot. foot. Lady foot. I believe. Mrs. I, foot. I want to believe <laughs> in Mrs. Bigfoot. So I thought that was so interesting. You can actually go watch the video. There's the actual video that they filmed, which is all over the place because the guy's like tripping and like falling off his horse and all this shit. And then somebody actually stabilized the video that you can see how Bigfoot walks and you can see her turn back and make eye contact with the men. It's very interesting. It's worth a watch. It's only a minute long. So go watch that when you get a shot. Maybe we'll put it on our uh, Instagram. Love that idea. So Bigfoot, when I was looking this up, is actually a member of the cryptozoology And we're going to be diving into some of that later. And that includes all of these mythical creatures that you've heard about in many different forms. Like the Loch Ness Monster, which is my favorite. Yes. And that is the first one that we're going to be uh, diving into later. But before that, we have got some bitching to do. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? Okay, so welcome to On The Stand. You know the drill. Every week we're taking a person, place, thing, or an idea to the stand. We, we're either loving it or hating about it. Hating it? Hating, hating whatever. It? Hating it. H- hating Hated about it. it. Hate and it. then we're going to have a healthy discussion. Vote if it's guilty or not guilty. Bring it to Instagram. You get a vote. And then do we have a user submitted on the stand today? Or did you not pull one? I- I did not get one, but <laughs> I can. Um, we can we, just easily pause it and I can get one once we're done. If we want to, we will. If we don't, we don't have we to. We won't. That's you know? right. I don't think we need to do it every single week. Maybe this is a week that we don't. That's right. Um, who wants to go first? Anybody? I'll go first. Okay. So I just moved into a building with 30-ish units, I think. Okay. That's a lot for me. You guys live in a building. Oh, you, this will resonate with each of you so much. Um, before I lived in like a, I don't know, bungalow style building with like eight units, but it was big. So like you hardly saw anyone and you, yeah. you have like share a hallway with one other person. And the one person I shared it with is one of our closest friends. So I didn't have to deal with this very much. But now what I'm putting on the stand is like pleasantries, period. Like, okay. I see some people several times a day. You don't need to say hi every time. (laughs) Like, I don't think you should have to. This doesn't just go for condos. Work, 
if you pass someone in a hallway several times, like you say hi the first time and then you fucking ignore each other the other times. Right. Or not at all until you look amazing and there's a reason to say something to someone. Like if I'm all like gremlined out, yeah. bringing my trash down and I've seen you four times already and like I've got like a face mask on for my blemish. Like we don't need to stop the fifth time that day yes. to be like, hello, Dan. <laughs> Head of Hello. the HOA board. Great to see you six times today. Like, oh no. I just feel like we don't need to say hi. Like, we can coexist in silence. See, this is why I enjoy not knowing my neighbors. Like, they're, I don't know who my next door neighbors are at all. I don't know their names. We've never introduced ourselves. But I did get myself into a pickle with one, a couple girls that live in our apartment complex that we did introduce yes, ourselves yes. and I got to know them on an acquaintance level. And then you have to say hi. And yeah. that's when it like, if you don't know the people, like I know who the people are around me, but because we've never introduced ourselves, I don't have to do a pleasantry. I just do, you do like the kind of half smile when you pass them, you know, just to be polite. Yeah. See, I haven't even met these people, but everyone wants to be everyone like, because I think people bought condos here everyone it's like uh, really, they like buy in and they're like who are you what unit do you live in mm. and like they're just very no people are very nosy so, and we're on so, a, we're on an email chain of like hey we're all shutting the water off because somebody needs to whatever it's like communal and then yeah it's a lot so here's my <laughs> here's something that i love about the um apartment or complex sort of like living situation. There's right? a manager I, you deal with. Well, that's great. That's all awesome. But the, you're talking about the communal thing. Something that I love is if the place that you live has like a name or like our apartments have a name or whatever, normally there's a Facebook group. Wow. And, and it is the most entertaining thing that you could possibly do. Are you yes. in Join it? Join that group. Yes. Oh, Jared, yeah. we're not even friends on Facebook, and you're in this group? Oh, I don't use my Facebook to interact Except with people. Except for this. Yeah, so, yes. So, <laughs> no, this, I'm not kidding. This Facebook group is incredible. You're kidding it, they're me. They're all incredible. The, anything community-based, like where you live, like my neighborhood in Phoenix where I used yeah. to live had one. Like, it's fucking amazing. The holy other night, shit. I'm sitting on the couch, and I was like, holy shit, Jack. Somebody's stuck in the <laughs> elevator in building number one. Like, should we go help them out? Like, stuff is always happening. And people are giving away, like, cool shit sometimes, too. No, it's like, not cool. People are giving away trash. Well, people most are of the trying time to trash. sell trash. Okay, well, whatever. But and then like petty drama comes up. Like people start like shit talking each other about Wait. like don't leave your trash out here or like you know Jared, just crazy shit. What did you see the post in the Facebook group about this person? And they're like, "Do you guys know the older man that has the golden retriever? I he think stole he stole my, my dog's, dog's toy. ball." Yeah, <laughs> you're kidding. Yeah, it's petty shit. It's amazing. Can you guys invite me to it? I yeah. highly recommend it. So I, I guess what I'm saying for, is, my building doesn't have one, but maybe I'll start it. You should start it. Yes, you absolutely should, and because. It's fun to see the quirks of people that live around you without having to actually meet Dude, them. Or I'm going to do that. it and be the admin. You should. Yeah, because you should. he'll never listen to this, I don't think. But the head of the HOA lives like diagonally from us. And like I, they're, vi like, they're vying for the, the best, best residence in the building spot. And like we've won. And Ooh. I feel the tension. They're like our age. Oh my God. And like, it's a whole thing. And he's head of the HOA. And he's always like, he, he it's a whole thing that I'll have to uh, keep updating <laughs> you on. But it's tense. It's tense. Group. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start it. I'm going to be the mayoress yes, of I promise it's worth it. Anyone building. out there who's listening and you're not in a Facebook group for the area that you live in, find it, join it. I swear to God, it's or worth it. Or start it, as yeah. I will. No, it, they're so good. And it's like the things that they're trying to fucking sell. This one person in our Facebook group, they're like, this, How did you guys find out about this? Jared did somehow. I, when I was, like I said, when I was living in Phoenix, I, I forget how I found out, but I, I realized, or I got invited or something to my neighborhood Facebook group. And once I joined it, I was like, holy shit, this is gold. Like there's so much petty shit going on in here. And it was so entertaining. And I literally, I don't, you, I don't, I think Jack is my only Facebook friend. I don't use it for anything else. I just, I don't even think we're friends. Sit, okay. <laughs> I, cause I, I deleted it a while when I moved out of Phoenix, but once, once I found out that there was one here, I was like, I'm joining. And then Wait, I so think you I'm then the just looked willy nil, you, you just looked happenstance to be like, it does our new building have a group. And there, there yeah. was, yeah, I think like our internet went out and I was like, I wonder how I could figure out if this is everybody. And then I was like, oh yeah, maybe there's a group. And then I found it back to your actual on the stand of like passing people and like pleasantries, them. pleasantries you, in you general know about the stranger smile, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Give me well, one of those. I started wearing sunglasses inside. I'm one of those people. That's a brand new thing for me. You guys know me. I'm always like, I never want to wear them. I wear them five o'clock, six o'clock. If I'm going down to take the trash out, if I'm going to my car, the sunglasses are going on. I'm, I'm face masking again so I can be like Unabomber covered. Like, yep. Hood I, sunglasses, on. hood. And oh, you're yeah. wearing like face a COVID mask? mask? Sometimes if I oh really God. don't want to engage. <laughs> You should just put in like a headphone. I think you that's know that the I take shit way. to the extreme, though. You know, but put in a headphone because then it's like you can't talk. And you be careful though, because AirPods people people ignore the fact that you're wearing AirPods. And you, you know what you need to do is you Beats. need to put in put in headphones. Yes. Yeah, wear these. These. Yeah, wear the canes. Oh, what sure. I'm wearing right now. Yeah. Hold your podcast equipment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're a steady cam that's focused on myself. Yeah. That okay, got it. All right. So guilty, pleasantries guilty. Guilty. Pleasantries are so guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Okay. I'm gonna that go. That was very long winded, okay. but I feel like everyone can relate to this in some way, whether it's work or like oh, yeah. somewhere you go all the time. It's like you don't need to say hi fifty times a day. Yes. Yep. Okay, so I'm totally switching gears. And today I am putting broccoli stalks on the stand. Oh my God, those are my favorite. Now, I'm specifically talking about sweet green. When I go to sweet green or like when I'm getting a salad, I love broccoli is my favorite, favorite vegetable. I love it so much. I love it raw. I love it cooked. Um, and I love to get it in my sweet green salad specifically. But when you get your scoop of broccoli, they don't take the broccoli stalks away. Like the broccoli stalks are included in your scoop Mm. and they're not good. And I don't really consider a broccoli stalk part of the broccoli. Now I can say you get the broccoli head and a little stalk, but I'm talking about the bottom of the broccoli stalk that like is all it's where it all conjoins the bottom. And they're putting chunks of that in or just a chunk of that in your salad and saying it's broccoli. And I think that is bullshit. I think raw million percent, but I loved a cooked broccoli stalk. Like I think that's even better than the top. Really? If it's cooked, if it's cooked well, yeah, I love a stock raw broccoli is a little unedible, except in this one salad I've had from California Chicken Cafe. But anyways, like a raw broccoli, <laughs> I'd say guilty because it's kind of inedible. It's like I cabbage. Think so too, yeah, I think so too. I mean, Jared, you enjoy just... getting those broccoli stalks in the sweet green salad? No, because they're raw. 
No, the broccoli's cooked in sweet green. Mm, not not very much. Not well. It's not, it's not, not steamed well. and it's not really roasted. It's like I don't think it, I actually think it's mostly pretty raw. raw. <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah, it's pretty raw. And it's, and those the stalks are just like listen, I love like a crunchy texture especially in a salad, but mm. we got to find that elsewhere. No. Yeah, not the stock. I just think it's a cop out for the broccoli, you know? Like either cook it rude. or turn it into a soup. That's my stance on broccoli. Uh, and yeah, I love a broccoli soup. Give mm-hmm. me give me what I'm wanting, which is the broccoli floret. Isn't that what it's called? Yes. It sure yes. is. Nice. Um, Good word. I would say guilty. I'm with guilty. you. Broccoli. Especially under oh, the circumstances you describe. Sweet green, get it together. Guilty. Guilty. Um Today, I'm going to put on the Southwest Airlines boarding process. Um, <laughs> I fly Southwest a lot because I go back and forth to to Phoenix quite often. And I feel like maybe not all of our listeners would be able to relate to Southwest, but... A lot of them probably can. More specifically, I'm putting on the way that people walk up to you and ask you what your number is. So for anyone who doesn't know how the Southwest boarding process works, unlike every other airline in the world... They don't assign you a seat. You get assigned a, a letter and a number. Uh, it goes A group, B group, C group. It all depends on when you check in for your flight. So the later you check in, the further back you're going to be. Yeah. If you're in the C group, forget about it. Your carry-on is getting checked. And you're in the middle. In they the take away all your rights once you're in the C group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, But my issue is when, I'm stand, when I line up, the way they line up is in like – Intervals of like five. So so if it's A, it's like A one through 30, but in sections of five people at a time. I hate it when people walk up to me. And this is, again, with my headphones in. I'm an adult. I know where to stand. And they tap you. And then they say, what's your number? I don't like this for two reasons. One, I don't owe you shit. Two, (laughs) two. I'm usually fudging the number a little bit. I'm I'm standing up. I'm standing like three, four, maybe five numbers ahead of where I need to be. Yeah, but I'm hovering. I'm I'm doing the hover, right? I'm I'm not really breaking. What if any those people ahead rules. of you don't show up? You're more just being like you're adaptable. You're yeah. adaptable. And, you're and, spectruming. Yeah, and that's like I abide by pretty much every rule and law in lawful the book. good. I know this you're is, very lawful. This is just me scooting ahead, maybe a couple. Not you know being. Kind of aloof, not really paying attention, but, but uh, pretending in, to be oblivious, but fully yes. calculated about what's but, happening. <laughs> but I might, I might be a, a two or three in front of or behind where I need to be. But sure. But the tap and the ask and the the you're in my personal space now. The tap is so invasive. About, the tap is out of line. Yeah, we don't need a referee for this line. Like these adults should be somewhat where they need to be. We don't need to check in on each other. You know, I think, and also it's like you're in groups of five. It's not going to matter if you're B13 or B17. There will be a seat for you that's the same for both of those numbers. So this I think, is my point. Yes. I think that this is a mistake on Southwest's uh, end because they should have just done like, Group B2, and that's five people in that group. Group B3 Mm. is five people. So then you're not actually getting in line. You're just getting in your miniature little groups, which is, I mean, the whole thing about Southwest is kind of a disaster. But I think that maybe that's a better way that you don't have to be so picky about the minutia of exactly where your spot in line is because it doesn't matter because there's 200 seats on the plane. that You'll find an aisle seat or a window seat 
regardless of where you are in that group of five people. My my, I, I think we all think that this is guilty, right? But my guilty. one, I do want to add a little piece of advice. If you're traveling Southwest and you're not checking a bag, pay for the early bird because then you get in the first like 15 spots. You're the first on the plane. You're the first off the plane. It makes life so much easier. It's like 15 bucks. Just pay it. It makes life so much better. I just want to let the people know. Boom. That's I'm it. an early I said bird. My piece. Love that, Jared. Thank you for this. I fly mm-hmm. Delta, but um, I think that that is guilty. Guilty. Guilty, 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 guilty. Okay, well, we are running late on time, so we'll we'll forego, I think, the listener on the stand this week. We'll be back to it so. next week. We will. Um, so when we come back, it is time for some True Crime Rewind. When I was growing up, I took French in high school, but I could never get the language to stick. I wanted to be fluent so bad, but it never happened. I just couldn't focus, and I couldn't practice enough, and it didn't work. But thankfully, there's Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop, or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways, and with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, and then sentences, and before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the first-degree listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com first. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com first today. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Stodd, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply.
Yeah, it's rewind time. Okay, true crime rewind time. We talked about Bigfoot in the beginning of today's episode. So he or she is they. a member. They are a they. member of the cryptozoology. So I'm going to tell you the definition for this. Are you guys ready? Ready. All over it. Okay, so cryptozoology is a pseudoscience and subculture that searches for and studies unknown, legendary, or extinct animals whose present existence is disputed or unsubstantiated, particularly those popular in folklore, such as Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, Yeti, the Chupacabra, the Jersey Devil, or the Mokale Membe, which I don't know what that is. Cryptozoologists refer to these entities as cryptids, a term coined by the subculture. And because it doesn't follow the scientific method, cryptozoology is considered pseudoscience by mainstream culture and science. It's neither a branch of zoology or folklore studies. So it's kind of this, its own... It's it's in its own island. It feels nobody's superna- claiming it's it. Supernatural. <laughs> it's spooky. Aligned. It's a little spooky. Yeah. Like it's, unicorn studies are a little wacky, you know? Like we all admit that. But if I think we're studying but, unicorn PhD, it's a little spooky. Of a they don't degree speak for all of us. Yeah. But, but unicorns are more of a mythological character. So that is like mythology. What about a Pegasus? A pe- Pegasus is the same. I think it's more like mythology. This cryptozoology. What about is- a flying mini horse? I mm. think that that is a Pegasus. <laughs> um, I think Pegasus. I think there, it's a it's a normal sized horse. <laughs> Let's see if a flying mini horse is its own thing. I, I, <laughs> Fly, a flying mini horse. I think, you guys are such good friends for indulging me. You're like, I think, we got to check. <laughs> no, we make sure. Oh, I don't think the a thing fly- that comes up is a. Oh, a flying mini horse. A woman took her 115-pound mini horse on a plane so it could be its last flight. Is this the mini horse that I loved? Oh, no, this is a different one. A mini horse got its last wish? There was this mini horse called Peabody. He was a special needs mini horse that was like the smallest mini horse in the world that I used to follow on TikTok, and then he died. That's terrible. R.I.P. R.I.P. Peabody. Um, Okay, so... I don't need know, if to know more the- about the zoology you speak yes. of. So that's what cryptozoology is. So I thought that we would dive in. There's lots of examples of cryptozoology, but I thought we'd dive into a few of them that I found particularly interesting. And of course, the first one that we're going to learn about is the Loch Ness Monster, Alexis's favorite. Nessie. Nessie, Nessie, Nessie. Nessie. So... Loch Ness Monster, affectionately known as Nessie, is a creature in Scottish folklore that is said to inhabit Loch Ness in the Scottish Highlands. So it's only this one area, but I think just in general, people sort of took on the Loch Ness Monster and brought it around the world to say that Loch means lake. Oh, in case mm, anyone's there, you so go. Nessie, it's it's the the Nessie. It's probably Celtic. I'll probably be yelled at, but I mean, I think there is a. It's an old English sort of lock is lake. I've been to the lake. You have? You Did have? You see her? I didn't see Nessie. No, I stayed oh. for like an hour and a half. But trying to look no for her. No luck. Oh, did you, did you dive? I put my. I shielded. <laughs> I did this, and I, I looked out. You can't see that, but I'm shielding my eyes from the sun. You could on Patreon. Um, so the first reports of the Loch Ness Monster were about 565 AD. So, which is crazy that that was like kind of where it was originated. And it sort of just, 
there were there were whispers of the Loch Ness monster, and then it became really popular in 1933 because a road adjacent to Loch Ness was finished, offering an un- unobstructed view of the lake. So it all started in April when a couple in 1933 saw an enormous animal, which they compared to a dragon or prehistoric monster, after it crossed the car's path, and then it disappeared into the water. So. They ended up doing a report on it in a Scottish newspaper, and all these sightings, again, followed from all these different people. And then in December of 1933, the Daily Mail, which has been around since 1933. I had no idea. And they took like wow. a very salacious turn at some point, because they used sure to be did. like a reputable source. I did well, not. it might have been when they started reporting on the Loch Ness Monster. Sure, sure. <laughs> I guess that was salacious back in the day. Totally. So they hired this guy who was a big game hunter to locate the Loch Ness Monster. So he went along the lake shores and he he ended up finding these large footprints, which did the Loch Ness, I guess it had feet, but in my mind, I thought it was sort of like this gigantic eel. So the depictions that I recall, they, it looks like a brontosaurus. I was just going to say that. That swims, oh. right? A swimming brontosaurus. Like it has a big long neck, like a brontosaurus, and then it ha- is alleged to have like manatee fins or something. Okay. So I don't know, but maybe it has feet. I mean, alligators do. We have to talk do. about this. Alligators because- have feet, right? Like okay. some, some like... I feel like I've even seen like Darwin type illustrations of things being like, here's a eel. It grew feet. It mm-hmm. became an iguana. You yeah. know, like I feel like there's some like amphibians, like newts have are finny and have hands. Right. We're talking about elongated like animals. Like if it's a like as it's I always thought it was like a brontosaurus. Yeah. And I think about a chonk like that trying to swim. Yeah, it's like, elongated, think about- and I think it's like it's more amphibious. Like it, I feel like it has the the silky, slimy kind of texture. It's like an on eel. Its, body. it's like an agile eel with big feet. feet. Yeah, like can can like put them against their body to be aerodynamic to jump in and be like all yes. slithery, but also like can crawl up like a little newt, like a giant salamander. Giant salamander. So while this guy <laughs> was searching for the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> What? <laughs> I just love episode. that this is what we all think We're based all on like so into a it. tiny sliver of footage that we. We're so <laughs> I literally thought it didn't have feet up until I this I thought it was moment. a brontosaurus. I was like, they've resurrected the brontosaurus. <laughs> okay, so this guy, this is amazing. He's searching for this fucking uh, the Loch Ness monster, right? He finds these large footprints that he believed to belong to a very powerful, soft-footed animal about twenty feet long. Like he found, like a brontosaurus, the Loch Ness monster's footprints. But upon closer inspection, zoologists, so not cryptozoologists, real zoologists <laughs> at the Natural them? History Museum. I don't, I don't trust anybody at this point in time. Zero people. So they determined that the tracks were identical and made with an umbrella stand or ashtray that had a hippopotamus leg as a base. Okay, so basically, that is an insane that- pre- hypothesis. Like an ashtray or side table that is meant to actually look like a hippopotamus foot definitely like, made this. That sounds like it's somebody trying to cover up the truth of the Loch Ness Monster. It's somebody who's in the fucking business of selling hippopotamus foot side tables because <laughs> yep. this sounds like a scheme. Like, that's yep. oh, let me plant the seed of this idea in every fucking mind in the UK. It sounds mm-hmm. like something that they would have had 
in the last episode of Squid Game, you know, when like all of the rich people were watching everybody play Squid Game and they're all in the like the really like the mm. animal ritzy, heads, yeah. yes. ritzy, expensive. Like that sounds like something that somebody would have had as a side table there. Some no, that's what somebody's gonna be like. I want some hippopotamus stilts. Like yes. it looks, it's the foot of hippopotamus and they just mm. stomp around on it. It's very Dolly esque, you that's know. So weird. Okay, so <laughs> you know. Whatever. If you want to believe that's a hoax or not, I'll leave that up to you. But when I was doing this research, there is also a Loch Ness type sea creature that is specific to Lake Champlain. And Jared and I were just at Lake Champlain when we were in Vermont. It was the lake that we bike rode around, Jared. Remember? Oh, it was? Yeah. Did you spot the slippery creature? Lake Champlain is the lake that is that burlington is situated right along and the monster that inhabited that lake is called champ or champy Champy's and it's cute. the name of a lake monster said to live in lake champlain so i thought that that wow. was very interesting That's into we, that. didn't, we didn't see it we didn't see it so the next one that we're going to go to that i thought was pretty interesting is the loveland frog now this is lesser known because it's an ohio folk fo- wow i can't speak today it's an ohio folklore and the Loveland Frog, also known as the Loveland Frogman or the Loveland Lizard, is a legendary humanoid frog described as standing roughly four feet tall, allegedly spotted only in Loveland, Ohio. Now, Alexis, I don't know if you have access to our document right now, but I did put a picture of the Loveland Frog into it that is on Wikipedia. I'm going to send it to our chat right now. Oh, shit. I um, am looking at it. I can just Google it. I've got it. <laughs> Google it, Jared. And everybody else listening, Google it. We can also put it in our Instagram. Oh. The fact that this is the picture that comes up when you are on the Wikipedia page of the Loveland Frog is pretty amazing. I'm just surprised that this is a, quote, air quotes, humanoid frog. <laughs> it's just literally a frog on its back legs. There's nothing, like, human but about it other than... But it's he's like near, but he's like near the guardrail in this photo. Like it implies that he's like crossing the road. It's like he's a fucking serial killer hiding some evidence. Yeah. Like and the, then the frog looks really guilty of something. And in this picture, it's also funny because they do like a diagram uh, that's comparing it to the size of a human. The human is waving its hand high, and so you kind of do see it is around three to four feet tall. Um, it's a hunchback. Re- it's like a hunchback. It's a hunchback, and so this is where the legend started in 1972 it gained attention when a loveland police officer reported to a colleague that he had seen an animal consistent with the the descriptions of the loveland frog and after a reported sighting in 2016 the second officer called a news station to report that he had shot and killed this same creature some weeks after the 1972 incident and it ended up being the truth of this was that it was a giant iguana that was missing its tale that this man shot and killed i'm having a weird memory didn't you guys see okay so i was i was just gonna say i think what may have happened was this frog left town and was (laughs) vacationing possibly in florida and then in 2018 jack and i we saw this frog (laughs) we saw this frog it was a little we i think we've talked about it on the podcast before and this is why i did bring it up because it reminded me of the sighting that jared and i had seen and i think it was tampa florida of a frog lizard creature creature 
running on its hind legs across the street. That's now, an iguana. They run on their back legs. Do it that? was not an iguana. It was I not promise. an iguana. It I was promise. a not guana. It was, it was more not- humanoid. <laughs> it was a not guana. It was, it was a guano. It was, it was a guano. Yeah. It was more comparable to the Loveland frog because it was a humanoid. Now, the description and the picture that they showed on the Wikipedia article is not a humanoid frog. It's just a frog on its hind legs. What we saw was humanoid. It was, was a humanoid like frog. Running like, he was like it was running like he was running away. Could it have been a possum? Like no, no, it was it was we saw I saw the texture of this frog's the humanoid frog's skin. It was slithery. It was more so comparable to the Loch Ness monster. It was almost <laughs> it was almost wet it had to a the sheen. touch. It had a you guys sheen? are insane. We both you guys saw are having it, a shared del- Yes, but you guys it was a shared yes. delusion, maybe. A shared delusion. But we had yeah. not known... We, Jared and I had first started dating. We were not psychically connected the way that we are now. Like, <laughs> we were our own people at that point. And I don't we had believe a shared that. experience. You guys have not been your own people ever. No. I remember we stopped in our tracks and just looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck was that? And then we sat there for a second. Being Is this like, when you asked Jack to be your girlfriend? Did you stage this as like a moment? Yeah. I turned to Jack and I said, I love will you. Will you be my girlfriend? You know what it was though? I will. I do remember what night it was, Jared. It was the first night we ever had sex. Oh. <laughs> maybe you guys invented this. Wow. Maybe this... Maybe this, this was a shared delusion and like a sexual this is like a karma sutra shared delusion it mm-hmm. was before we had sex it was when we were walking to wawa to grab a sandwich that we brought back to the hotel and then this is how all my, and all my a dates true go. aphrodisiac meal it was yep. an aphrodisiac a long sandwich well you know wow. i love this shit like this is where i truly do thrive i love a sighting of some supernatural crypto cryptozoology sighting what if you find out jared staged that to like make you fall in love with him then it's a man after my own heart i'm gonna start i'm gonna start like planting like bigfoot books and shit around the house now i feel like it really is almost better than the sighting being real but yeah i couldn't when i was looking through all these examples of like amphibian cryptozoology things is it crypto am i even crypto yeah cryptozoology yeah cryptozoology um i I couldn't find anything that really matched what we were looking for. And then I Googled, you know, giant running lizard type creature. And the only thing that I could find is something called a Jesus Christ lizard. And it's a lizard that can run on water, which is actually. Oh, I've seen those. It, it's crazy because he's yeah. so light and fast that he can run. Sure, it has like a scientific name too, right? Or That's what it was called. That'll work for like, us. That'll work like, for us. You know what? We're like yeah. a tell, tell it like you're five kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I couldn't find it, but so we are kind of running out of time. I'm going to go fast through this next one because I just love what he looks like. It's this thing called the Ninjin and in modern Japanese folklore in the mid two thousands, this was created online. It was invented by Japanese internet users and it's apparently an aquatic humanoid whale like creature supposedly inhabiting the sub Antarctic oceans. And the only reason that I really like it is because it looks like a beluga whale. It looks I was like say, it looks like whale. a nugget of a beluga with yes. legs. Like if it, a beluga was just a chicken nugget and it had eyes on it and it's then white legs. Yeah, it's basically like the head part of the beluga whale with legs on it. It's it's definitely like a jack like creature. Like yeah. I love it's like the a Pokemon. If you Google things. it, there are other iterations of it. One of them has a tail and instead of legs, it has human arms. No, thank you. <laughs> These are like, like no, they're literally like the ah. Uh, oh, I love it. They're like the ah uh, real monsters. Monsters. Yeah, they are a little yeah. bit. I just love anything that's basically like a head like a ball and then it has appendages yeah so i do love this one um 
it's I don't really know if there's really much to it. There's also, of course, the chupacabra, and the chupacabra is literally the definition is goat sucker. Chupar is to suck, and cabra is goat. And in legendary creature, well, sorry guys, it's early. Um, was a legendary creature in the folklore in parts of the Americas, and it was sighted in Puerto Rico in the beginning, and then it started getting sighted kind of all over the Americas, especially in the Southwest. And people sort of describe it in completely different ways. Some people th- think it's like an amphibian. Some people think it's sort of sort of like a dog-like creature. Or like with a this, cat? It looks like a cat. A cat with like a spiky spine, um, but it's very creepy. And then the last one is the Mothman, and I think that the Mothman Ooh. has kind of um gargoyle vibes and it's it's sort of made its way into the whole like creepy pasta corner of the internet and it's in a lot of podcasts and it's i think it's more of this like kind of it's it's gained this current sort of cult cult like following in the mom did you ever Man. see the movie no no oh dude it's so good this would be the month to watch it we got to watch it jack really oh man it's so good i love the mothman what is the it's called uh, the mothman prophecies what's the whole like what's the concept of the i'm trying to remember i think it's richard gear let me look into it yeah i think it's richard gear um and it's basically you know it's like this this sort of psycho thriller and this like the Mothman is essentially like kind of like inhabiting this area and causing all kinds of chaos within this like small community. Um, I I think everybody should watch the Mothman. Totally. Got to watch it. It's awesome. Okay. Well, there are so many more to go through. If I ever hit a day that we have, we can do like a deep dive into a specific one of these cryptos, cryptids, then I will, because I love it. We'll do more. This is very riveting conversation. I love it. Okay. Well, um, these, I feel like these monsters did pretty bad things or they do Mm. bad things to people. They're naughty and naughty. They're they're very naughty. And when we come (laughs) back, we're going to hear the naughty things that you people have done. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome, Naughtykins. We're here to tell your worsty firsty truths, frankly. Um, and there are some really fucking good ones today. We recorded ahead because Jack was on tour, so I actually haven't gone through our inbox for some, maybe over a month, maybe six weeks, because we we banked so many first uh, Killing Time episodes. So this these are some of my favorite. They're really kind of crude and rude, 
not something I would necessarily do, but I, I am not a judgmental person. So we're going to get into this because the first one made me cringe. Jared, I think it's really going to make you cringe. Oh no. Yes. Hi, Alexis, Jacqueline, maybe Jared, if he's around. I'm a little disappointed. It took me as long as it did to find your podcast, but I do love killing time. And I just wanted to share probably one of the worst that I have ever done. It was middle teenage years. I'm going to be as vague as possible with this. So I had just lost my mom, unfortunately, to cancer. And as a result, we're going through all the financials and everything and all that. And we realized that my mother, a God-fearing woman, had been religiously paying her tithes three and four times a week for about five months. Now, the type of cancer that she had spread to her brain and obviously, among other issues, memory was one of the things that affected. So the pastor, knowing that she didn't have her mental faculties, still accepted these checks and cashed them. And we're talking you know, 10% of your income. My parents were making around 5000 a month. And this was the late 90s. So 5000 a month. And you figure, you know, $500, four or five times a week, it adds up. So we found that out after she passed away. Well, the pastor's granddaughter was my age. She had a crush on me, but she was dating another guy. This other guy refused to have sex with her until she lost her virginity. Why, I don't know, but... Hey, whatever. So, me being King Petty as I am, decided, screw it. This is how I'll get my revenge. So, I launched this plan and start talking to her. So, during church service, one fine, beautiful Sunday, I got up to use the restroom, and the restroom was downstairs. So, you go downstairs, and there were two stairwells to go back upstairs, or there was the main stairwell to go back up. I go downstairs, about five minutes later, his granddaughter comes down to use the bathroom as well. Nobody's paying attention or doesn't care or just clueless, whatever. So we decide that bathrooms would be too risky because if someone comes to use the bathroom, we're gonna get caught. So we decided to go to her grandfather's office. And I, <laughs> I still laugh. I'm evil. I'm really sorry. No, I'm not. Um, I proceeded to take her virginity on his desk while he was preaching a sermon about premarital sex and how it's evil. So that is one of the worst things I've ever done. Thank you so much for doing this. I love the show, and I appreciate <clears throat> appreciate everything about it. You guys are awesome. Thank you. I'm like blushing, and I'm not even really involved in this. And I'm like, oh my god! First of all, I mean, he's got a smooth storytelling. Like I can I understand it. how you pulled this off. I see why she's like, this is the one. This is, I'll leave my virginity here. 
PS. Yeah, me too. If I could go back, I would too. (laughs) Well, that being said, sorry for your loss. I mean, that's such a tough thing to go through. I'm so sorry. Yes, awful. And, you know, anyone taking advantage in any regard is so disheartening, especially if this was like a religious figurehead for your family and your mom. Like, that's disgusting. Disheartening and uh, would harden anybody, honestly. All that is to say that I feel like you are justified in this situation. That's so like victimless crime. Victimless crime. crime. She wanted to lose her virginity because the other guy wouldn't. Whatever that's about, it's none of our business. But she seemed very eager and excited by this. You know, there's no law against sleeping in someone's office with someone during a sermon. Like, what's the crime? And honestly, it like. It's satisfying. It's satisfying. Like he probably left that and he was like, yeah, fuck you. And I'll like, thank you for taking so. advantage of my mom. Yeah. Like, and honestly, and then you got to have sex, you know, it's just like a win win for everybody. There's, there's a lot of non churchy shit going on in this story, but I think that's what makes it even more insane. Honestly, like, it's perfect. The yeah. most non churchy thing that is going on is that pastor was accepting that's all what that I'm money saying. from that poor woman. Yeah, that is that's pretty offensive. Fuck that guy. So, also, if you started like an ASMR like storytelling YouTube, it'd probably do pretty well. Yeah, just throwing that out there. Your voice you got great is timing. Butter, you got my great, guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, and just there's no urgency. It's just chill. It's like Johnny Cash was telling a story. I know, and yeah. it's like he was taking these pauses. I'm like, did, mm. did Alexis's phone turn off or no? Nope. Something just happens. Suspense. Just something suspense. happens to you too when a man calls in. Ooh, it's. it's yeah, well, we're like little schoolgirls. I'm like, ooh, who's this? He likes our show. I just can't. I can't imagine that men listen to our podcast, but they do, and I love it, especially when it's now me and Alexis. Honestly, up, fellas? that's what we're here for. I love like, it. Sup, boys? Um, sup make yourselves known. We love our male listeners, and they bring us some amazing um, anecdotes that I think are super useful. And also, you know, this is just like a lesson in karma. You know, like you should never fucking steal, especially from a woman who doesn't have her faculties. Her family found this, and that just further hurts them after the losing her. You know, yeah. Um, you dealt sure. with your. That's kind of traumatizing, and you dealt with that the way you dealt with it, and. Um, Proud of you. Again, victimless crime. Victimless crime. Victimless. I mean, on your end. I mean, yes. No, pretty no predatory. The way you're, the way you're telling the, the story, victimless crime, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Ah, All that right. was good. God, that was great. That really gave me great Life. satisfaction. Absolutely. So now, what's next, Jackie? No, Alexis, do we have a stanza? Or what are you bringing us today? I've got a, a couple of things. Oh. So, no, I don't have a poem because I wanted to come in sort of... Um, hot okay. with just something to riff on. And I Googled George Costanza animals because look how cryptozoology. And I found this in- incredible painting oh. that someone did. If you look at the document, you'll see it. It's George Costanza as an orca whale. It's called George Orcastanza. <laughs> and because he's a marine biologist, like he's a, he's perfect. And uh, along with that, maybe we'll post it. I don't know. I have to see if I can credit someone, if we can post it on our Instagram. It's perfect, honestly. I'll link it. Maybe someone will buy it. Oh, my God. And we're going to leave you with this, uh, this link, this clip about George Costanza and pigeons. I love it. Because he loves animals. Bye, everyone. George, watch out for those pigeons. Oh, don't get out of the way. You really smell banana? <gasps> oh, my God. <gasps> so... Uh... Where are we eating? You've been an enormous help. 
You ran over some pigeons. How many? Whatever they had. <laughs> Miranda thinks I'm a butcher, but it's not my fault, is it? Don't we have a deal with the pigeons? <laughs> of course we have a deal. They get out of the way of our cars. We look the other way on the statue defecation. Right. And these pigeons broke the deal. I will not accept the blame for this. So Miranda's cooled on you. I'm getting nothing. Yeah, me neither. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore One Nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, Bad Dirt. What makes Bad Dirt so bad? The answer? The ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like Bad Dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.